Good morning. Today is Sunday, March 12, 2023. In this week's Torah portion, which is the double parsha of Vayakil Pekude, which also brings us to the conclusion of the book of Shemos, the second book of the Torah, the book of Exodus, <clears throat> we have this momentous occasion. Because over five over five Torah portions, we've been building the Mishkan. The Jewish people have been engaged in this monumental project of building the Mishkan. And finally, it's concluded. And finally, at the end of the Parsha, it is assembled for the first time. So all of the work that everyone had done the different craftspeople and the different uh, individual objects that had to be made and everything had to fit together and finally it was put together. It was a great, great moment of accomplishment. And Vayar Moshe as Kol Hamlacha Moshe saw all of the work that had been done. Vihine Asu Osa Kasher Tiva Hashem Kenasu he saw that the Jewish people had done everything that God wanted exactly as God wanted. So Moshe has this tremendous sense of gratification and fulfillment and completion. He sees the Jewish people were given a gigantic task and they rose to the challenge and everything was done correctly. Vayivarech osam Moshe. And Moshe blesses the people. On the occasion of their achievement, on the occasion of their completion of this monumental task, Moshe blesses the people. What was the bracha? What was the blessing that God Moshe gave to the Jewish people on this important occasion? So the Torah does not spell it out explicitly. Our rabbis give us two different formulations of what this bracha was. One is, Moshe said to the Jewish people, it should be God's will that God should allow His Shechina, God's presence, to dwell within the work of your hands. In other words, you've done the work. Of course, the goal is not just to have the building. The goal is to have a building where it will be an Ohel Moed, a meeting place that God's presence will dwell there and we will be able to be there and to, in a certain sense, meet God. So the bracha I give is that your work has been successful. Now should come the goal for which the work has been done, that Hashem's presence should rest there. And of course, it does. But Rabbi Shimcha Sheps asks a very interesting question. If you're going to give someone a bracha concerning a very large task, a monumental task, it will take months to, to, to finish, it will need thousands and thousands of people and all kinds of materials to do it. At the beginning, it may not even be clear how we're going to do all of these things, build and make and fashion all of these things. If you're going to give a bracha, wouldn't it make sense to give it at the beginning? Wouldn't it have made sense for Moshe to say, listen, God commanded, 
Back in the parsha of uh, Truma, God says, make for me a sanctuary and I will dwell among you. Wow. Okay, you want to start that task? You better get a bracha. Moshe give you a bracha. Moshe would give us a bracha that we're going to work hard and then in the end, God's presence should dwell within the work that we have created. That would seem to make sense. That's when they need the bracha. But now, when it's all done, what do they need the bracha for? They did it. They accomplished it. What's the purpose of the bracha? Surav Simcha Sheps gives the following answer. He quotes a Pusik in Tehillim, a Pusik that many of us are familiar with. Who will go up to the mountain of God? Who will rise up, will, will, will be established, Yakum will be established in his holy place? Many of the commentators point out that that is not just a poetic repetition of an idea. In fact, those two phrases correspond to two very different challenges in life. Who will be able to go up to the mountain of God? Wow, that's an amazing thing. To be able to go up to the mountain of God, to be able to have the strength of character, the spirituality, to rise and reach an exalted, transcendent state. Wow, that's amazing. And who, after having risen to such great heights, will be able to remain at that level of holiness? That's a completely different challenge. That challenge that once we have achieved holiness or spirituality or a certain level in our service to God, to be able to achieve it, that's an even more difficult challenge because to get up there, there's excitement, there's enthusiasm, there's adrenaline. Once we're there, there's boredom. Stay there. Stay at that level. Every single day, keep repeating what you need to do to stay at that high level. That's a much bigger challenge because there's boredom. There's repetition. Day in, day out. Remaining on the mountain is much more difficult than climbing up it. At the beginning of the building of the Mishkan, everyone was enthusiastic. Remember the context. The Jewish people in the summer had sinned in the golden calf and they were terribly afraid, first of all, that they might be wiped out completely and then finally Hashem decides to accept their repentance through the intervention of Moshe and finally on the 10th of Tishrei, which it now becomes established for us as Yom Kippur, Moshe returns with a second set of luchos, the second tablets of the Aseris and Dibros, indicating that God had forgiven the Jewish people for the sin of the golden calf, and God commands them, now I want you to build the Mishkan, and the day after Yom Kippur, they start building the Mishkan. Wow. Everyone is excited. Everyone is grateful. Everyone is relieved. 
Everyone is filled with enthusiasm and joy. We're going to climb this mountain. God says, make for me a sanctuary and I will dwell within you. Wow. What other inspiration do you need? Everyone's excited. Okay, then it takes a few months to build the Mishkan. And then they set it up. And it's set up for the first time just a short while before the second Pesach, meaning about 50, five, zero weeks after leaving Egypt, just short of a year. They set it up. Once they set it up, it's all different. Now there is offerings on a daily basis. There's a daily offering in the morning. There's a daily offering in the afternoon. The Kohen Gadol has to light the menorah. This time, that time, it's all routine now. This is the moment when Moshe gives the bracha that not only should God's presence dwell on the work that you have done till now, but starting now, when the work becomes more mundane, when the work becomes more routine, when it is possible for boredom to sit in, that's when you have to work harder to make sure that God's presence will continue to rest on the work of your hands. And that's why the bracha is given now. The truth is, this double challenge applies in just about every area of life. Think about a way, the way an engaged couple about to be married acts towards each other. The love, the enthusiasm. And then think about the marriage six months later, six years later, 16 years later. Is there the same enthusiasm and passion and romance are you still bringing home flowers for Shabbos? It's, more, it's a different challenge. It's a challenge to find someone that you can feel passionate about. And then it's an even greater challenge to remain in a relationship of, 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 of depth and passion and romance over a long period. It's a different challenge. It applies in our relationship to fulfilling mitzvahs. A boy becomes bar mitzvah, a girl becomes bar mitzvah. There's an enthusiasm. They're doing the mitzvah obligated by the first time. Okay, everything is new. Everything is great. Yes, this child wants to serve God. But what will be at 14 and 15 and 25 and 35? That's a different challenge. you got to keep it up. Moshe's bracha and the placement of it is particularly important for us to understand in our own spiritual lives. But I want to share with you a second formulation. Almost the same idea, but a, a different way that our rabbis express this is by saying that when Moshe saw that the Mishkan was complete and all the work had been done, Moshe said the word, the bracha. Moshe blessed the people. By Moshe blessed them. His blessing was, according to the second version, his blessing was words that then later became incorporated into the book of Tehillim, Psalms. We know from other places that a number of the lines of 
Tehillim, written by David Amela, King David, are actually quotes of other people, and it's quoted like that. Tefillah Lemoshe Yishalakim, for example. And we have Moshe's words quoted for all time in Tehillim, and it's become part of our davening. Vihi Noam, Hashem Elokeinu Oleinu, Umase Yodeinu Konun Oleinu, Umase Yodeinu Konunehu. May the pleasantness of the Lord our God be upon us. Establish for us the work of our hands. Establish the work of our hands. Rabbi Jonathan Sachs points out that this line in Tehillim attributed originally to Moshe at this occasion of the conclusion of the building of the Mishkan This line is a prayer that we say in shul every Saturday night as Shabbos is ending. And we say this line as a prayer to God. We've been resting on Shabbos. Now we're going to the work week. Now we're starting our work for this week. And so at the beginning of our work day week, we have a prayer to God to send God's blessings to our labor, to our work, in the coming week, that we should be successful. We say to Hashem that it should be true about what we're going to do this week. That the goodness of God should be upon the work that we're going to do. And God should establish and strengthen the work that we're going to do. Yes, we finished one great thing, the, the, the resting on Shabbos. Now we have to turn to something else. So we ask God's blessing for the future of what's going to happen. But here's the thing Sivan Rahab Meir points out. We ask for this bracha at the end of Shabbos for all of the work that we're going to do in the coming week. But we have to earn it. We have to do our work in such a way that it will elicit God's blessing of success. It doesn't happen automatically. And again, I'm referring to work for which there may be a paycheck or work that is the part of what we're doing in our lives, the way we're taking care of other people, the way we're taking care of ourselves, in the widest, widest form of how we constructively fill our time. We've got to do our part. We've got to do it right. We have to do our work in a way that, number one, is commensurate and in line with Jewish law that we're acting properly? Obviously, if, God forbid, if somebody is going to go out and steal some money this week, they're not going to ask for God's prayer that they should be successful. God's not going to bless that. It's got to be done in the proper way. But not only in accordance with the strict, specific, technical laws of engaging in work, we also have to do our work with the right frame of mind with the right set of values in order to respond for God to respond to us with blessing. I want to share with you a story. I heard this story from Yehuda Ehrenfeld. Yehuda Ehrenfeld operates a chain of fresh produce stores in Israel. And a few years ago, he had a store in a town in the northern part of Israel, Rachasim, and he had a store there, and all of a sudden, a new store opens up, a competitor. The same kind of a store, 
selling fresh, fresh produce, and this new store had great prices, and of course, it was a direct competition to my store. So he says over the last few days as this store was getting their publicity out and there was a buzz about this new store and the low prices, Yehuda started getting messages. What are you going to do? This guy's going to take over your business. How are you going to respond to this challenge to your business? It's going to cut into your business. It's a small town. It's a second business. And Yehuda writes that his first instinct was he really had to get aggressive and to, to take steps. Maybe he would talk to the suppliers that were supplying the other stores and say to them, listen, you're going to supply that other store? You're not going to be able to supply me anymore. It's kind of an aggressive tactic. I'm not even sure if that's legal. But a lot of people do that. Maybe he would take the step that he would temporarily lower his prices to the floor, undercut the other seller. And he had other ideas of aggressively being able to hold on to his business. And then Yehuda Ehrenfeld said to himself, I don't think that the master of the universe, God, wants me to engage in business like this. I think that God, running this world, recognizes there's room for two stores. There are two people who can give a, make a living. There are enough customers for both of us. God wants to provide for both of us. God can find a way to provide for both of us. So Yehuda Ehrenfeld called the owner of this new store. His name is Oded. And Yehuda introduced himself of the general manager of the existing store. And he said to him, you can only imagine what Oded was thinking getting this call from the guy he just started competing against. And Yehuda said to him, I send you my best wishes for success. You should do well. You should prosper. Because I have no doubt that you and I will each have our own customers and we'll be able to support ourselves. And so I wish you well. All right, well, that's a pretty surprising call. And then Yehuda writes, don't think I'm such a tzaddik. <laughs> don't think I'm so, so righteous that I was able to do that. I was simply remembering when I opened my store a number of years ago. When I opened my store a number of years ago in another town, the city of Elad, there was already another grocery store there owned by Yisrael Greenfield. So when I opened my store, I was really competing against this established store, Yisrael, owned by Yisrael Greenfield. And I wanted to open my store. And I had a massive advertising campaign going on, come to my store, low prices, new service, a wide variety, fresh produce. And all of a sudden, as I'm opening my store, I got an email message from Yisrael Greenfield. 
and in my whole life I never would have imagined I would get this this message from this man who I am now starting to compete against. And the message reads as follows. I'm going to share it with you. Mazel tov on the opening of your store. I am reducing my own advertising in the coming weeks in order not to take the spotlight away from you. You're doing your advertising. You do it. I'm not going to interfere. You'll get your market share. I'll keep my market share. He couldn't believe it. The man he was competing against is being so nice to him. But later, Greenfield explained the same thing. He said he truly believed that there is always plenty for everyone. Hashem can provide for your store. Hashem can provide for my store. And the fact is, the truth brought this, bore this out. They were both successful stores. We pray to Hashem that in the coming week there will be success in the efforts of our hands. That God will rest His presence on our work. But we have to do our part. We have to earn our livelihood. And again, I'm not only talking about a paid job, but whatever activity we're involved in, whether it's study, whether it's caring for others, whatever the activity is that we're doing, we have to do it in a way that comports with Jewish law, but we also have to do it in a way that comports with Jewish ethics. It is when I act towards my competitor with respect, that's when I can ask for the blessing that God should bless the work of my hands. My friends, I want to wish you a great day, and I look forward to seeing you soon in person.